Welcome, everybody, to the Four Tales podcast. I am your host, Kyron Silva, along with my amazing co-host. Danny J. Quick, always ready. Let's go. All right, man. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? It's, I can see us. We need to start sharing these videos because it looks like it's the same time here as it is there. But we know that you're like three hours different from me. Yeah, it's weird. The, the sun just came up about half an hour ago, I think. Um, so as I was prepping for everything, I saw the sun rise. It was beautiful. Um, I cried because I am way too tired right now. Uh, but, you know, it, it's nice. It, it's good being able to talk to people all around the country and be able to see your experiences and, and hear about what you're doing. Um, so what, what have you been up to, by the way? Man, I'm just trying to trying to survive. I think I have a, a poison ivy infection on my arms, so I'm trying to not scratch. Uh, for like the okay. last three days. So that's been an adventure. What about you? Um, no poison ivy because I stay inside. Uh, so, you know, if you don't go outside, you don't get caught in those things. Must be I nice. Don't know, but, Must be um, nice. <laughs> no, not with three kids. It's not nice. <laughs> it's not nice. I'm, re- I'm ready for them to go back to school so badly, honestly. Terrible. But you know what? Let's Let's not delay things because we have... Two amazing guests here, and I know people that are listening to this podcast aren't here to listen to us. They're here to listen to who we are interviewing, and today we have writers, uh, editors, artists. I mean, we have a, a plethora of things, um, but I want to do something different. I want them to introduce themselves since we have two different uh, people. I want everybody to understand who is who and get their voices set. So, gentlemen, um, these are the creators of Blister. Uh, welcome to the void. Um, God, uh, um, uh, Dulce, that's right. Uh, and the amazing audio series Essen House. Uh, so I want everybody to give a big round of applause to Chuck and Eric. So guys, introduce yourselves. <sighs> Yay! Woo! <laughs> I'll let Chuck go first. Oh, crap. Uh, what's going on, guys? I'm Chuck Pino. Uh, I am a writer, editor. I've worked on such things as Welcome to the Void, Belial, and, uh, of course, Essence House. And I've edited, oh, man, just a crap ton of stuff, including an amazing piece by our good friend Kyron here, which was Ruby... <laughs> which one was it again? Ruby, <laughs> dude, I've, oh, amazing. You forgot I've the edited title. a lot of stuff. Ruby and something about Oz. Ruby from the planet Oz. <laughs> there we are. Yeah. <laughs> No, we don't edit too much out of this, so this is staying in. Take two. Yeah, right? Uh, Ruby from Planet Oz. Um, and just letting you know, I'm looking for a new editor for issue two. Um, just <laughs> yes, you as be. of this moment, I'm looking for a new editor. So if anybody wants to apply, right. email me at TaurusComics <laughs> at gmail.com, please. Rightfully so. That's totally fair. Yeah, no, man. Um, uh, editing is uh, is my main gig, but of course, I, I really do just love writing. It's why I'm here in the first place. So, uh, yeah, that's me, Eric. Um, writer, artist. Um, I've been working on stuff since 1990 something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um, my big things lately have been my blister comic that I out about four years ago and i'm working on um continuing now and um 
the essence house has pretty much taken over my life. Um, so I, um, I work with Chuck on writing and, um, then I do the audio edit on that. Um, and then I'm a video producer for a living. So those are my things. Cool. So, so let's get to the meat of everything. And the reason why everybody is here listening to this interview, um, when the hell is Welcome to the Void number two coming out? And when are you going to get me to do another cover? That's all anybody wants to know. That's, I mean, the whole, that's all the streets have been saying. That's the whole reason for this whole early, early thing here, so that we can get this answer. <laughs> I, I like a good ambush. All right, cool. Yeah, that's the only reason um, I really wanted you on the show, because I, I wanted to know when that's going to happen. The, the next Welcome to the Void, it, it, you know, honestly, it's been sitting around for a, quite some time. It's, it's all on me. Um... You know what? There's a lot of of uh, things going on with that one. Um, the main thing I think is is that I work better for other people than I do for myself. So, like, even with Belial, I have a partner, so I owe it to him to get that done. Essence House, I have a partner, I owe it to him to get it done. I have clients, I owe it to them, and so it's so easy for my own project to just constantly be shoved in the background and that's exactly what's happened is that essence house is 1000 percent mine it's nobody else's and because of welcome that the it will always what's well, that what you said essence house oh shoot for, oh, legal, yeah. for legal reasons i have to stop you there <laughs> <laughs> well welcome to the void wow it is early guys holy crap Are you in california also? welcome to the void no dude i don't know where the fuck i am um Welcome to the Void is a thousand percent mine, and because of that, it's always going to probably be the thing that's delayed the most. All right. Well, then let's get let's get to the two of you as far as Essence House is concerned. Um, how did this thing that I own a thousand percent of, and Eric owns nothing apparently, so uh, we can just yeah, move Eric out of the conversation right now. We'll just talk about it. Chuck, I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, cool. All right. So, how did Essence House come to be? Like. Who started it? Whose idea was it? Like, who came to who first? Um, so, um, Essence House was something that I just started thinking about one day. Um, and I kind of formulated this idea that actually it ended up changing completely. Um, it originally centered around like a kid and it was almost like a kid's book type thing. Um, I actually used pieces of that later, um, like the well, that's getting too into the weeds. But um, so I, I, I kind of formulated this idea and then I wanted to um, wanted to produce it as a book. Um, and I approached Chuck a couple of years ago before um, NaNoWriMo. Um, so it would have been like November of 2018. Um, yep. We actually, we talked about it and we kind of gave a rough idea for two books at that time. Um, I was going to start writing the first one. He was going to start writing the second one. And we were going to put out two books together. Um, and then just like probably 95% of projects work on that platform. Um, it never went anywhere. We, I got through like three pages. I don't know if Chuck even started. Um, I, I did two solid paragraphs. <laughs> I really did. Yeah. So, um, it's a real writer right there. Ball. I don't know how that goes, man. <laughs> 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 we did we talked after um a little bit and we were just like you know what this isn't the time for this project right now we got um we both were in the middle of things i think 
I probably was working on Dulce at that time. Um, Chuck was also working on Dulce a bit at that time then. And Chuck had, you know, well, Chuck's always got yeah. projects going on. Right, there we go. <laughs> uh, just everybody that's on the podcast listens. Uh, Danny just pulled up the amazing Dulce book that Eric is talking about. So now Eric is feeling himself and he's probably getting really excited <laughs> that somebody actually bought his book. <laughs> that's a fun book. Um, yeah. So yeah, then um, I came to to Chuck about it, and um, like I definitely like the idea initially started in my head, but the idea has gone so much further beyond anything that I started that it's like this whole thing is as much Chuck as it is me. Like, I mean, he might say it's a thousand percent him. Depends on <laughs> <laughs> depends on how early it is when he's talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> We're also about how much uh, Chuck has drank that day. <laughs> <laughs> glug, glug, glug. So why? I, I, so what is? What is? Oh, go ahead, Danny. No. So I, um, me and Kyron are at two different places in the, um, in the in the Essence House story. I started the first season, and I got really intrigued around episode three. I want to say when they first started. I think that was the first mention of the time travel stuff, um, to my recollection, and then, um. Like I started listening, I think I got around to episode eight or nine. And then for some reason, like it just fell off the map for me. And and then when uh, recently when uh, <laughs> when we started talking about it, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, that that was great. I need to go back and listen to it. And y'all are already in season three or something like that. And I'm like, what? How did I how did I get so far behind? Like, uh, <laughs> I want to I don't know how it happened. But like then I started listening to it again this weekend uh, to prepare. And I was like, man, I'm so far behind. Like this thing is transformed into a whole essence guard. And, and, all, and I'm like, wow, what? How did I miss all of this? So uh, like I really wanted I was really happy that we we're going to uh, be talking to y'all because now I get a chance to catch up. I know you guys know uh, probably better than anybody, especially in indie spaces. You, you want to sit down and read so much stuff but you just can't find time to, to really, you know, to actually do it. I, I have probably a hundred indie books that I've bought yeah. that I intend to read. And it's just takes, it takes so long for me to get through, you know, the books to actually read them. So I guess that's a common, a common thing. I have like four boxes of indie comics, um, short boxes, and I probably have three boxes worth that I haven't had a chance to read. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's, I have good intentions to read it. I don't have, I'm not baller. Like I don't just <laughs> throw down money at everything that pops up. <laughs> if we were able to enjoy all the cool stuff that our friends made, we wouldn't make anything. Like that's just true. the truth of yeah. it. <laughs> all right. I guess uh, I, I have, I'm the only one that actually reads all the books I get. Cause I, every, <laughs> every time I get a book, I read it. But that's I, I read it while I'm on the toilet. So if I bought your book, your book has been in my bathroom and nice. has smelled some things. Just I don't I don't care it got read. It does that. Uh, I don't matter. care where you read it. Like I was I was basically right. I had the yeah. same thought, Kyron. I was like, this is now that um because now at my job I was taking a I was taking a shuttle to and back from work. So I was reading comics every day, you know, for the past three weeks on the shuttle. But then they changed my parking slot. And I'm like, now I don't have anywhere to read comics. Like, when am I going to do this? And the only place that I could think to do it was on the toilet. So that's confirmation for me that I'm now going to take these comics into the bathroom with me. I'm just going to stack them up in the bathroom and read them as I go. Get a little, like, uh, uh, something to hold it so it looks professional and looks nice so your wife doesn't yell at you. Because oh, that was my like, first mistake. She's not yelling anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no. okay. 
All right. So <laughs> see, me, and, me and Chuck have our production meetings while we're on the toilet, so we don't even... Huh? <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah, but it's gotten weird because it's usually video, <laughs> but still, I mean... <laughs> <sighs> Terrible. I love it. I love it. I have way too many visuals <laughs> of you guys right now. <laughs> you know what, though, what Danny said about, um, like, you're on, like, episode six, and then all of a sudden you see, like, we have season three. It kind of feels like that writing it. Mm-hmm. It's like oh. every now and then we're just kind of like, holy crap, all of a sudden we're on season three. <laughs> like, It's, it's amazing that you – I like, I like the Go consistency ahead. that you guys have had. Um, I remember – and I don't know. Maybe it's the Facebook. I'm going to blame it on Facebook algorithms because that's where I interact with you guys mostly on Facebook. And it seems like it's probably been four or five months since I really have seen stuff from you guys pop up. And that's usually my oh, – There's future. a reason for that actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you guys take a hiatus also? Well, we do. Um, when it comes to the essence stuff, we, between seasons, we usually have a three. We we did a three month break between seasons one and two, and we actually did a four month break between seasons um, two and three. So you might see other stuff from us, but essence, um, we we did the Kickstarter and um, we we post some things like we post some progress and stuff. But when, during the season, there's you know a couple times a week there's something going out. Mm-hmm. It, it allows us to get caught up on other things but also like especially the the bigger gap between seasons uh two and three was so that we could work on the book and and get that all done because um <clears throat> seasons one and two we ended up turning into a novel and as, as you guys may or may not know we, we got to kickstart that and we were excited about that and it required that we went through the whole thing all over again. Um, as we were going, we found, you know, like little inconsistencies and then spots where we thought, hey, if this is going to be a novel, it need it requires more description. And there were some scenes that we really wanted the chance to kind of um, go over again and, and add to and all that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of work that went into taking it from the podcast and, and turning it into the novel. Yeah, with um, the podcast, you have the benefit of audio. So there, there's noises and things like we mm-hmm. build an atmosphere that way with the book. You have to fill in those, those blanks. And I like, but, I know uh, you guys probably know me and um, me and Morgan, we do a podcast, Soup Shorts podcast. And uh, I really like that. <laughs> I was listening to, to y'all's, <laughs> I was listening to Essay House this week and I was like, these guys have done their, they did their homework before they started. Like the, the podcast sounds like a podcast. Like it's, you got the, the mood setting you got the you know the subtle sounds in the background and all of that whereas like my podcast was just literally me reading for the first two seasons and then you know this last season we tried to do some extra fancy music and stuff like that so i was like man that production value from the beginning you know was top notch so um bravo bravo to you guys that's a that's a thousand percent eric like <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm so freaking cheap that at the beginning I was like, I'll read it. And he's like, no, 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 let's get a professional. And I was like, okay, I don't love it, but all right, cool. That's fine. And and it turns out that the professional, first off, he's an amazing dude. Like he's literally a member of our team now. We love that guy so much. Um, he surprised us. My favorite surprise is, and you, you would have heard this, Danny, um, at the end of episode three. Or two. two, or three, two. Yeah. Wait. Three. No, no, it's the end of episode yeah. three. Yeah, it's the end of episode three. Um, we ended up talking about a Willie Nelson song. Oh, he sang it, yeah. And I put the lyrics. I put the lyrics. We didn't know he yeah. could sing. I thought he was just going to. 
I thought he was going to say him like poetry. He starts singing. I'm like, whoa, Mike's got pipes. What the hell? Turns out he's a traveling musician. Oh, wow. And so we're yeah. just like, oh. He's really great. So, <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Just solid dude. We had him on a show, and we got to talk to him. And he's he's a part of the team. We, we're we sending him a book and everything. Like, just just great That's guy. That's awesome. Yeah, like, I, and that was one of the parts that I noticed, too. I was like, oh, man, this, like this, whoever they got doing this is, is really, you know, putting his best foot forward because it's – it was great when he uh, started singing the song. I'm not a, I know everybody likes, like you said in the in the in the story, everybody knows who Willie Nelson is, but you know I don't listen as much as I should. So, but even yeah. me, I was able to recognize it. So that's that's really cool. Shut up, Connor. I, I already know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but but yeah, all that uh, sound production, that's all Eric, man. The noises and everything. He'll um. He'll he'll send me the files and he'll just be like, "Hey man, I had some fun with this, like um things like the time traveling sounds and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff." He's like, "Man, there's so many layers in there." Like he just <laughs> he talks and I'm like, "Okay, great, like this is awesome." So, and and it's gotten to the point where when I'm writing one of my chapters, I specifically do things to screw with them to make him have to add <laughs> noises in there. Like, I think. I think it was like chapter seven or whatever. I was like, oh, you, they're they're driving down the highway. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have a truck cut them off <laughs> just so he has to throw in like a horn and all this stuff. Like literally, I'll just I'll just do stuff like that just, just to see what he has to do with the sound, which is so much fun. And it ends up sounding really good. But it also challenges me as a writer to come up with these weird scenarios that make mm-hmm. sense but also test his his sound quality. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun between us. It really is. It's a, it's a, it's a good gig. Yeah, you know, if you're listening to to an episode and you hear a random noise, just for some reason, it's all because of Chuck. Yeah, and a lot of it is um, like I have a stock audio library that I pull from, um, and that's ninety nine percent of the stuff. But there's times where like I can't find the right like knock or something, so I just whip out my phone and I find a surface and I'll do a knock or um gosh I can't remember there was one noise that I had to do where like I have a microphone that you can clip onto something mm-hmm. and then like record from like so if you're out like on a bike and you want to get like the atmosphere of riding a bike you can clip it on there and record mm-hmm. um I had I had to do something like that for some noise in season one I can't recall what it was but it gets so like I don't have time to make noise all the noises you know <laughs> like so stock comes in handy but but I also want to get it right so if I can't find something stock I'll go a little bit out of the way now both you guys are combo creators in your own right so what was the reason why you didn't make essence house into an actual combo originally you know um i don't know if i could say why originally i'm sure we could if i thought a little bit further but i could say one thing is that we've put out 25 episodes of essence house in the last year and a half that are basically the equivalent of doing 25 comic books could you imagine the cost and time that would go into that. Exactly. So whatever, I don't know if we ever even, I don't think we ever really concept. We've talked about Essence House as a comic at times, but it's always really quickly dismissed. We never actually considered it like for real for this story. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is that you are saying it's not common because you blame the artists. That's what I'm getting from what you're saying. It's you don't like artists and you hate artists. (laughs) Why do you hate artists? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, poor Eric. <laughs> yeah, poor Eric always having to pay artists. So brutal for him. <laughs> I am an artist. I don't get paid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you know what it it always was uh, just something we wanted to do something different. So of course, because it was NaNoWriMo, for those of you out there, National Novel Writing Month, uh, it was going to be a novel. And then as we um, he so he brought it up in 2018. Then it it just didn't happen. He brought it up again in 2019, um, coming up. So I think like around October or or September, he brought it up. And I was like, dude, it's it, we can't we don't have time just to do a novel. We have to do something different. Like it, you and I can't just we don't have enough time in our day to to write out like three thousand words or whatever the heck that number is. That's a chapter. And he was like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, you're, you're totally right, man. Yeah, that is it. Our chapters are 3,500 words on mm-hmm. average. And so I was like, yeah, we, we just don't have the time. And he was like, well, what if we did something cool? And we started kind of batting ideas around. And eventually it came up, hey, what if we did an audio drama? Like, what if we did one of those, like, yeah. 19th Theater of the Mind? It, um, so, like, when I wrote, because I wrote Blister as a book um, back in 2016. Um, and when I wrote that, I wanted to put together this book and there was these um, this place where you would do like live readings in the neighborhood. So I would go once a month with a new story for this book and I would do like a reading up in front of people and then I would do some editing and sometimes I would read the same story like four months later or something. Um, and I, like, I got some great feedback and it also just allowed me to do this piece by piece. And so like the podcast was a way to do that. Um, and we just could get chapter by chapter out there. And then we're writing the whole time, building an audience for a book. Cause just putting out a book cold with no audience, like that would suck. We'd be doing it basically just on our name and our, we don't have a name in that field really. Yeah. So I just um, realized that both, all three of you guys, including Danny are all novelists. Like Danny has a, a Ace Blade novel, don't you? Uh, yep. I'm the only one on this podcast right now that hasn't written a book. All right, I think I had to go write a book. Get it together, Kyron. Jeez, man. You do your podcast as early. You got the whole rest of the day, dude. No, I don't. It's (laughs) called a family. They want want to actually spend time with me for some reason. Oh, dude. Get teenagers. Then you'll be fine. I'm a teenager. You'll have all the time. I have a teenager about to graduate high school in like two weeks. Then if he wants to hang out with you all the time, you did something wrong. (laughs) (laughs) He's the only one that doesn't want to hang out with me. The other two, they want to hang out. Oh, good. He's normal. Tell them that that they have to come on your podcast at nine in the morning and they might not want to anymore. (laughs) Seven in the morning for him. Yeah, my my oldest is still asleep in his room. I I know for sure. All right. So one more question about Essence House, at least for me. Um, because you didn't do it as a comic book and you've created this audio amazing drama. See, I say audio amazing drama. That's the whole thing now for you guys. Um, have you ever thought about if this somehow takes off, would you want to make it into like a TV series or movie or anything like that? And if you did, who would you cast for it? You know, um, Chuck, uh, oh. Chuck hears me mention every, almost every week. Uh, maybe not so much lately, but um when when we get picked up by Netflix is like that's like my uh, my running motto for this now. I think when we get like that Netflix there, money, actually. when we get that Netflix money, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it could work, dude. Hell, I'd go all the way down to Apple. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Where you at, CBS, CBS Access? <laughs> <laughs> right. hey, I got some good shows on CBS. All right after Star Trek. 
I love that. There's some good shows on there. There's about to be more if we get. <laughs> I'll our be way. up there with Punky Brewster. I don't care. Hey, too. Right, so who would you, who would you cast as like Tim and Tristan and oh, everybody? I want to who who just. You know, I got. Oh, Chuck might have some ideas, but for me, I actually have never even considered it, and I don't know if I could. Like, <laughs> so like names are just coming into my head right now. Um, for Barnabas, because he's one of my favorite characters. Um, I know he's passed away, oh. but uh, Spoiler, sorry. I, I loved. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, everybody dies. The act, no, the actor. Oh, I'm okay, talking good. about oh. people. That was that's what I was talking oh, about too. Goodness. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the actor. The, the actors, actor. We were talking about actors. Because uh, I definitely haven't gotten to that right? yet. But you know, I don't care. I don't no, care no, 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 no. So uh, Chris, Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Plummer. Oh, uh, I think would be really cool as. Um, and he's Canadian, so yeah. I knew you were gonna pick a Canadian. As, of course, man. Why would I not? Uh, for those of you who are Canucks out there, what's up? Much love, guys. Um, uh, yeah, so Christopher Plummer would be part of us. Uh, Jessica, that's a really good one, man. I really love it. So that character is is funny because she was never supposed to be there. Oh, really? Um, she was never. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was not in the plans at all, and that's that's the fun thing about building this stuff. There's so many things that weren't in our initial outline, and so what happened was we got to um, he got to the end of issue four, and I was like, man, I I want to like inject a little bit of femininity in this, and so when he sent me his his version of issue four, I threw the nurse in there just at the very mm-hmm. end because I knew that I wanted to play with her when I got chapter five. That, can you rephrase so, that in some way? That just sounded yeah, a little bad. A little... I, it came out exactly as I intended. <laughs> <laughs> I am the master of the double entendre. Um, and so as I was writing and working with her in chapter five, I was like, dude, I have, the, and this is something that Eric and I do all the time to each other. We'll say, Hey, I've got this really cool idea, but if I pitch it to you, you'll knock it down because I won't be able to pitch it right. So I'm just going to do it, read it. And if you don't like it, then we'll go from there. And so I ended up uh, basically adding her to the main story of it all. And so when the chapter was, when chapter five was done, he was like, Oh damn. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's, let's roll with this. This is a fun idea. And Jessica, was born she became a character so i mean she is a a 50 year old woman who or like early 50s or yeah, yeah early 50s late 40s um red hair depends on which chapter you read uh, <laughs> you're right <laughs> <laughs> well no the novel has it right now in the book but in the podcast the novel has it right now well it's because our good friend um jess rogi was the reason why we called her jessica and so I initially went, give her red hair, so there's a difference between the characters. And then when I wrote, uh, wrote I think, the end of Chapter 5, I just fell right back into her black hair. Um, but, but yeah, it, it got fixed. Um, and that's one of those fun things that we got to change in the novel. Um, I can't remember her name at all. But yeah, there's, there's actors. Like, I, I don't think we've really sat around and thought about it. I think at this point... We're so damn busy just making the thing that we haven't really been able to actually consider what the future could look like. I'd be more okay. interested in some fan casting, anyways. Well, right? Okay, well, yeah, absolutely. All right. What about the most important character of the whole series? Um, 
Grandma Silva. Who would you? Grandma Silva. Who would you <laughs> ask for Grandma Silva? Because she was the most important character in the entire series so far, at least to my I would, viewpoint. I would actually cast you and then have you do like a uh, uh, an Eddie Murphy style thing where you play like five different characters. Oh, yeah. Like a whole family. So, yeah, I think I would do something like that. Like, yeah. okay, cool. I'm down if you pay me. <laughs> Yeah, with that Netflix money. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's cool. That's cool. All right, Danny. You got anything else at least for Essence Sounds, Danny? Um, no, not where I don't wanna um I I got questions because I'm still and I'm at the end of the first season, but I kinda don't wanna spoil it for myself. Even though I'm the spoiler king, I don't wanna uh-huh. I don't wanna spoil it for you myself. Know we can you know what's fun about we can give you a teaser. Oh. You know, we I mentioned earlier that it's initially started off as two um different books. Um, those two books actually kind of got combined to be seasons. Yeah. Well, it, seasons one and then two. So the first book, our first book now is basically what the two books would have been. Like our story just ended up taking, like becoming something bigger rather than two different stories initially. It was kind of a, it was an interesting um, transition when we were working. His was called Essence House, obviously, and mine was called La Maison du Essence. Oh, okay. And it was both, and so we, yeah, I, I, I had uh, an idea to do an Essence House far away, and so we, uh, cool. we took that idea and kind of played with it a little bit, and that basically becomes um, a, a good portion of season two. I like that. I like that. So listening to, all right, so time travel. I, I have trouble writing time travel stuff. Um, because you know, there's like eight different times, eight different types of time travel. But yeah, I think that my earliest memory of <laughs> of time travel in media was this movie called um, Time Cop with oh, yeah. um with John Claude Van Damme. Have y'all seen that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's a long time. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been a long so time, every movie, every time travel movie that I ever have ever seen after that, I've always compared to that because I love that movie so much. Like, but it was horrible. The movie was bad. Like, if you watch it, <laughs> if you watch it today, there's no way that you could, you know, a, a sane person could enjoy that movie today because it was terrible. And wouldn't you say that about most John Claude Van Damme movies, though? They're pretty bad. That's true. Not Double Team, though. Double Team was good. Him and Dennis Rodman. That was <laughs> okay. Hard Target. Hard Target. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I still watch. One, I still watch The Quest too. The Quest. That one is, is not good. Yeah. But I still the quest like, was actually better than, I, than a lot of people say it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, some are still bad. They're yeah, good. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was going to ask, what are what are some of your favorite time travel, you know, stories? So Donnie Darko. Yeah, that is a good one. That one is still on my list. I have not watched. I haven't yet. watched it either. I'm, I'm gonna have to write it down. Donnie, you write that down for me too, Danny. I got you. All right. Cool. Um, one of my one of the first time travel movies I remember watching as a kid. Um, I stayed up late one night. My dad used to let me stay up late to watch um, Saturday Night Main Event, um, WWF. Um, so like, wait, can we say WWF and not get yeah sued? WWE now, World, yeah. World Wildlife yeah. Federation is going to come after you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop the pandas! Exactly. Random pandas just walk up to our doors and be like. <laughs> But after um, after that one night, um, the Christopher Reeves movie Somewhere in Time came on, and um, I only knew him as Superman at that time. This was like when I was really young too. Um, 
and it's with him and uh, Jane Seymour, and it was a great movie. Like we just we loved that movie. It's one of my favorites still. Um, so that was like my first like time travel movie. And actually, a, a, some of the Essence House time travel kind of works along. Actually, the the first time that they time travel, um, Tristan, like a lot of the stuff that he's doing with getting the clothes from the time period and all that stuff was like things that like would happen in that movie. Um, and then obviously like back to the future is just so fun. And that's probably the most memorable one. Yeah. Terminator. Terminator two. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was that one, Eric, that we watched you, me and uh, Jeff? Oh yeah. That was, a, we should mention that one. Cause it's a Netflix one. Maybe that'll catch their attention. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, what was that one called? It was really good. Isn't it like See You Yesterday yeah. or something the one like with that? The one you're talking about? The one oh, with no, the one with the black kids. Yes. So you, yes. See You Yesterday? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Yeah, that one was Yeah, that, was that sounds right. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Dude, loved it. that was, it was such a good movie. It, it, I mean, first off, I mean, all the kids are absolute brilliant. Like, like they're totally uh, geniuses and whatnot. But it really, it was able to, um, to tie in this story of, you know, living in the hood, living in a rough neighborhood, and also, um, you know, the time travel and all this other stuff. And, and there was just this emotional level that was uh, put into that. It was just so amazing. It was such a great uh, movie. And, of course, it came out shortly before a lot of the, the stuff that happened last yeah. year. So it, it became it, – it kind of had another level of – And they had the Michael J. Fox for a second. they had the Michael J. Fox cameo. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, solid movie. Yeah, that's a great one. Go check that out. Um, you never seen that, Kyrie? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely definitely worth checking out. Yeah. My, my Netflix queue is like 30-something series deep right now. Yeah. Every time every time's like, oh, yeah, you got to go watch this. All right, I'll add that to my queue. Well, and take them to the bathroom with you. Take them to the bathroom with you. And be able to <laughs> I got watch. comics to read, dude. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, this might be a great time just to do a Danny's Quick. You want to just do that right now? Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. I love it. All right. Okay. So these are these are uh, Danny's quick takes. And since there's two of you, I got two questions for each of you. Okay. These are just little quirky things that I found scrolling your social medias or that you just mentioned, you know, during the show. Okay. So I'll start with Eric. Um, I'm not a huge. All right. So on your Facebook page, it says your name is pronounced Throat Warbler Mangrove. that That is my favorite on a whole spiral of youtube videos so i want you to tell the people in 30 seconds or less where that comes from it was a monty python sketch i don't have a lot to say about it but there's just a part of this monty python sketch where they ask his name he says what his name is he can't recall what his actual name is then, then he uses that as the um, the way it's pronounced. He says, pronounced as throat wobbler mangrove. <laughs> and then uh, I Googled it, and the first thing that came up when I saw it was that Tony Stark's uh, yacht is named throat, throat wobbler mangrove. So I didn't know if you I knew that. I actually did not know that. Yeah. I actually did not make that connection. I like that. That's crazy. It's crazy. So uh, I figured that you got it from that sketch, but uh, I just wanted <laughs> to throw that in there for you. Okay. So Chuck. Um, are you, I saw on your, uh, your, I want to say on your Facebook page that you are a gambler. You enjoy gambling. 
I, I don't call it gambling. I call it being really good at poker. But okay, fair enough. Right. Yeah. Really good at poker then. All right. <laughs> um, so what is your number one rule for poker players? Ooh, that's great. Um, whatever money you bring with you, you've already lost. Like, decide that ahead of time. Because um, the thing is, is that if you're afraid to lose the money, you've already lost. So... Um, often I'll, I'll come and, um, my, my, so my thing when I, when I go to the casino is I'll bring, say like, say I, I decided to bring 300 bucks, but I'm going to sit down at the table and I'm going to play with a hundred and I've already decided in my head, I'm going to lose that hundred dollars. You know, like I, I'm okay if I lose that hundred dollars and I'll play and I will play until either I lose that hundred dollars or I make three times that money. So once I'm up to $300, I walk away from the table pocket it and then next time i come back it's with a hundred dollars I, I love that my uh right under the buzzer right under the buzzer my little brother lives in uh in las vegas well he's he's out there with the with the air force now and um last time i went to visit him i actually won eight hundred dollars on the um the spinny table whatever that thing's called roulette, <laughs> the roulette table. i write i write a comic book about a superhero in las vegas and i don't know anything about it but <laughs> But yeah, Eighth blade versus a spinny table. <laughs> I mean, he's not called ball blade, so it's okay, right? right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I my me and my wife went, and she she just would she wanted about the long game. She's just sitting at the table trying to win, trying to win. She just ends up losing a lot. Whereas I just went put put the money down. I hit, and then I was like, "All right, cool. I'm just here to, to hang around the the rest of the uh, the rest of these three five hours." So I was up a hundred dollars, and my wife is just sitting there losing. So uh, <laughs> I'll I'll be sure be sure to share that uh, tip with her next time we go. Wait, um, wait, wait, I got I got a casino story real quick. Mm-hmm. So a, a few years ago, <laughs> I was working at a call center, and they had just opened up a casino about thirty minutes away from where I live. So after work, my friends like, well we don't want to go home. What do you want to do? So we were like, let's just go to the casino, check it out. It was about four of us. We all went and got a couple of drinks there, walked around, played some, some craps and some 21 and things like that. And then we were all out of money. Cause you know, like Chuck said, you bring your money, you lose it basically. So we were like, all right, we're all out of money. Let's go home. And then uh, my friend, I won't say his name cause he might listen. Who knows? But uh, my friend, he was sitting down at the, at the, um, the blackjack table. And we're like, hey, come on, let's go, let's go. And he was like, yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. And we're like, come on, let's go. We don't have any money. He's like, yeah, I'm doing good. And I uh, looked over and he had like a few hundred dollars worth of chips. And we're like, wow, wow, you're doing really good. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I should stop. And we're like, why? You're, you're up. He's like, no, I should stop. I should stop. Mm. So like, all right. So he cashed out. I think he had like four or $500 uh, just from Blackjack. So we're leaving. He's like, hey, you guys, I need to tell you something. We're like, what? He's like, yeah. I didn't want to tell you guys this before, but um, I'm a recovering gambler. (laughs) Why didn't you tell us that when we said we're going to casino? He's like, I didn't want to, you know, spoil the good time. You almost put that man back in the hospital. That's terrible. (laughs) What kind of friend are you, Kyron? And the worst thing he could do is to win. Like, if he had gone there and just tanked and lost it all, it'd be a lot easier to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a reason why I don't do this. He but won. he won, yeah. and oh, the, the feeling of winning is so amazing. Like I've, um, I'm doing uh, over oh, because I can't. I used to run a bar league for poker, and obviously with bars shut down and whatnot, I haven't been able to. So now I'm doing um, a comic book poker thing online, 
with a bunch of guys who sell like slabbed mm. comics. Oh. And so I've won some really good comics. Uh, my first win was an Iron Man number one uh, from 1968. Yeah, I also won. If you guys look right beside behind me, okay. that is an actual giant size X-Men number one. Nice. First appearance of um, Nightcrawler, Colossus. Oh, man. Storm. Storm. Ban- oh, Banshee yeah. was before that, too. Manchie was before that. First time Wolverine's on the team. Thunderbird. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, and that for me, that's that's one of the the key issues. That's a holy grail. So um, I would never have been able to have that if it wasn't for that poker game. So yeah, man, uh, it's been it's been fun, but uh, you you got to be ready yeah, to lose. <laughs> um, all, all right, Danny, I didn't mean to break up your quick takes there. No problem, no problem. I love all right. it. Right. Um, next question for Eric. So. I was watching your, um, I think I was watching you ink blister on your uh-huh. YouTube page one day. And I noticed that you have a lot of stickers. Uh-huh. What is it? Cause I love stickers too. Uh, if you can see the back of my, uh, back of my laptop here, I got all kinds of stickers. So what do you think the fascination is with us adults and stickers? Explain that to me. I think like it's a really easy way. So this is my board that I was thinking on. <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's a really easy way to show like the things that you're into and just kind of celebrate your interest while you're working. So like I got, like I went to this Foo Fighters concert. I got this Foo Fighters uh, one at Wrigley Field. Um, I'm friends with um, Billy Mays' son, and um, so he gave me this sticker at one point. Um, He's Billy Mays. Right at Fest, um, you know, Spoken Pokes, a big fan of them. Just like in one second showing you this board, like you can just you know who I am. Like, and so like your laptop, if I look at your laptop, I would just know without having even talked to you, like, I either like this guy a little bit or I hate this guy or <laughs> we're not going to get a lot. Like it says so much. Perfect. Absolutely. That's good. I agree with it. I agree <laughs> with every bit of that. I agree with every bit of that. And I saw, I don't know if you can see this. You I got, you have a sticker on there and I have the same sticker right here. This obey the brave sticker oh yeah i saw yeah. i saw that on your uh, on your youtube and i was like yo i got that same sticker that's pretty cool <laughs> see it's like an easy way to just connect with people and and it just seems so simple like it is it's so funny i've never understood the fascination with stickers and it's mm-hmm. not an attack but yeah see kyron gets i've never understood the fascination but we got belial stickers and they were fun chibis whatever and i've been able to do one show with belial before everything happened and so i had my little stickers out there i had belial and i was so excited you know this book's gonna do great and this one of the first people who came to my table saw the stickers and he was like oh these are so cool i was like yeah man they're two bucks a piece but if you want to get all three i'll sell them to you for five bucks and he was like yeah i'll take off all three and i was like okay well they all go with this book belial and he's like yeah i'm not interested in the book and i was like yeah what are you are you kidding me right now? And I had multiple people, and I was mad. <laughs> like I poured my heart, we, our team poured our whole heart and soul into that book, and you're buying the stupid stickers. And then I went and I went, wait a second, these stickers cost like yeah. thirty right. cents a piece <laughs> or something. <laughs> and I'm telling, so actually, shut up, yeah. Chuck. It's all good. Like just some of them. Profit margins more. a lot better than books. <laughs> yeah, my I have blister stickers. It's just blister playing guitar, and so people that are like, "Oh, my brother plays a guitar. I'm going to buy this sticker." Or even my I have, an, I have an enamel pin made of that sticker too, and I've sold enamel pins to people that have no idea what the fuck blister is, but they they love 
the drawing and they have they know somebody that's a little punk rocker or whatever so i've oh. never understood the enamel <laughs> pins i don't know like where do they put them i, I can understand a sticker you just stick it anywhere but where are you putting the all these pins i in? have well like i have a jacket Backpack. i have a jacket that i wear that i put enamel pins on the collar i have like two on each side i don't know one on one side two on the other side um a couple of bands that i like um and then i have I have a bag that I carry with, like if I go out um, out hiking with my son or even on a trip, um, like anywhere, I have this um, bag that I, you know, toss snacks in. It's like a kid, an older kid diaper bag. Um, but uh, on there, whenever we go somewhere, I buy a pin from it. Like if we go on a trip somewhere, I'll buy a pin and I'll stick it to that. And it's kind of tracks where we've been. Um, so I also I also see them a lot on uh, like laptop uh, yeah. bags and whatnot people people will put them on there and and it's just it's basically the exact same thing as danny putting all the stickers on his uh laptop man like it's the same yeah, thing it's just right i'm gonna do the same thing but with pins on the bag so it's always danny <laughs> <laughs> sure, i love it i love it okay so my last question for chuck um so you're you're a christopher Plummer fan and as our resident canadian uh of course i'm gonna ask you what did you think of the movie knives out Dude, I just watched Knives Out. Like, literally, just watched it, um, like, in the last really? week. Such, oh, yeah, yeah, literally, just watched it in the last week. Because uh, I, I was like, oh, wait, we have Amazon Prime? All right, cool. <laughs> Knives Out? Yeah, all right. Dude, such a good movie. I loved that movie. I thought it was great. Um, I mean, halfway through, it's like, oh, you know exactly kind of what happened and who the bad guy is. And then it's like, well, you do, but you don't. I felt like it was the perfect way of creating a, a mystery, playing with all of those tropes and twisting every single one of them. I just thought it was so well done. I love that movie. If you want to do mystery right, Knives Out, man. Awesome. I love it. I think the answer is like perfectly. I don't know if he has a stopwatch. That's 45 seconds. <laughs> Chuck, that's, that's, I like it. <laughs> so here, here's the thing about me. As a short, uh, former short order cook, I have like this kind of, I know how long things are supposed to take. Like I just have this like inner clock. And so I'll be doing things like, you know, when I was r running stuff and, and someone will say, how, you know, are the fries done? And I'm nowhere near the fry bin. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, well, you haven't even looked. I know. And in my head, I know they're not done yet. And I'll be in the middle of something. And I'm like, now check the fries. And sure enough, they pull them out and, and they're done. And it's just, I just kind of have this internal clock that just kind of goes, and now. All right, so when I put you in my comic book, I know what superpower to give you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I also it's helped with the yeah. time keeper. <laughs> time keeper. I love that. Um, I actually went to the theater twice to see uh, Knives Out. Um, my, I took my wife the first time, and she fell asleep on it. She, you know, she just doesn't. She's not that type of, you know, she just doesn't like that type of movie, I guess. But to me, it was so good. I loved it so much. I was like, I'm going to go see it again. Forget you, wife. You don't know what entertainment <laughs> is. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I didn't know that you hadn't seen it until recently, but that's great. I actually haven't seen it yet. Oh, man. I haven't seen it either. It was, oh, it's so good. Dude. I intend yeah. to. I just haven't. I, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend. Yeah. yeah, like I said, just watch it like a week ago, and it was brilliant. Oh, Demon Slayer, does that count? <laughs> That's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> oh. hey, Demon Slayer was it, awesome. It though. counts in that. It counts in that it is a movie, I guess. <laughs> it was Hilarious. a good movie, damn it. Hilarious. All right, that's all for me for uh for my quick takes. 
uh, I guess, well, I know we, I know we're almost out of time here. I, I got to think of something else to stump you guys before we get out of here. And now a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Uh, well, let me, let's, since we've uh, gone deep dive into SNSL, let's talk about your, your comic side of things. Um, like what's happening with both of you guys as far as comic books is, are you got anything on the, on, okay, Chuck, you're pointing at your crotch. What is it? You have a STI. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what my next book is about. No, I was pointing at um, Eric because, uh, and you know what? I'm going to talk for Eric right now. Eric is working very hard on Blister, and he has a bunch of Blister stuff happening, and I'm very excited for that. Um, If you have a bunch of Blisters, you should probably go to the doctor and get those checked out. That's part of the whole SDI thing, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Insurance is expensive, though, man. That's, dude. It's a bitch. But I mean, and and I actually was um, lucky enough to be able to come on and edit one of the pieces, and I had a blast with it. I, I loved it. That was like, dude, that was over a year ago, right? Well, so last year when the pandemic happened, I was unemployed for seven months, so I jumped on working on Blister again, and then I got a job, and, and this job was further away than my last job, and it kind of um, derailed me for a while. So I'm pushing it back to it now. I've announced that in August I'm going to kickstart it. Um, and for, for people who don't know what Blister is, do you mind describing it? Yeah, Blister is a story of a couple of punk rock kids in the Midwest. Um, and it's kind of, um, it's a little bit nostalgic, like growing up in the 90s, but it doesn't like, there's little things like um, none of the stories involve, you know, a cell phone. Any any one of those stories would be destroyed by one of those kids having a cell phone, like um, things like that, like just, um, so it's, but it's just, about a couple it's you know some love stories some just getting into trouble um and it's just very like honest i think that's like one of my favorite things about it like the dialogue is very genuine like real um yeah it's 16 year olds shit shit talking 16 year olds and it's just it's fun you know like i mean it's something that we can all kind of look back on even if you weren't necessarily a punk kid we were all punks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were, we were all dicks in our own rights, and so, oh, you're a liar, Kyron. You're <laughs> such a liar. Shit. No, if I was a punk, my that. mom would have beat my ass so badly every day. I was a punk. You're telling me that when you left the house, you didn't suddenly get a bit of a chip on your shoulder? We, you mean when I got kicked out of the house, or or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean you, you leave, you you go to school or whatever, and you're suddenly like, mama's not watching anymore. You telling me none of that happened? Dude, I got, okay, so I got into two fights in my life, like actual fights. I was once in kindergarten and once in first grade. At that point, after that, my mom took me out of that school and trusted me to a different school and beat my ass so badly that I was like, I can't, I can't do anything anymore. So I will never uh, get in trouble again. I I never want to get a whooping like that. She beat his ass so badly that he then went on to become a black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> I had to defend myself. <laughs> he needed to fight back. Yeah. Mama, not that. next time. <laughs> I remember one time, I can't remember what I did, but I, she was like, go get the belt. I'm going to spank your ass. I was like, no, no. And then she, I was sitting down on the couch and she's like, go. And no, I was like, like, no. I like yeah, yeah, go. And then she was like, all right. You you got you have to get up off that couch to either eat or pee. The moment you do, I'm gonna spank your ass. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not leaving. So I ended up falling asleep on the couch. 
I woke up the next morning, my mom had left for work and there was a note by my side saying, when I get back home and you're off that couch, I'm going to beat your ass. Like, Damn so you then spend that entire day, you get your food together. You like at the end of the couch, there's like, there's meals prepped and ready to go. You've gone to the bathroom, you've got everything set up, all that kind of stuff. Like I would, that's my home, man. I, I would get everything <laughs> together. Now. This is where I live now. <laughs> this, is, you know, this is my life. You know how like some kids, they're like, I'm going to run away. I don't like it here. I told my mom that one time. She's like, cool, let's go pack your stuff. And she helped me pack a bag. And I was like, wait, wait, no, you're supposed to stop me. Don't, don't, don't encourage this. My I mom was different. That. Yeah, my mom was different because she wouldn't do that for her. She was like, oh, you want to leave? Okay, get naked. And I'm like, what are you talking about getting naked? She's like, you're, you're leaving with what you came with. Nothing. I was like, oh, shit. So if I wanted to go. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I I had to leave with because she's like, no, 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 that's that's all stuff we got for you if you were gonna stick around, but if you're gonna leave, uh, uh-uh. no, you're on your own, buddy. You don't get to take none of that. Like, oh <laughs> crap! So I, I stuck around just because I I didn't want to get in trouble for uh, uh, nudity in public. My, and then after that, Chuck discovered me. nude beaches, and he was like, oh, maybe I should leave. <laughs> Kick me out. Yeah. <laughs> left a long time ago. No, my mom and dad, they let me uh they let me run away. I ran away. I had packed my little bag, but we lived so far out in the country that there was literally nothing <laughs> around. So I'm walking like I get to like get like a mile away and I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. Like I, I don't there's nothing to, there's nothing out there but tobacco fields and pecan trees. And <laughs> it's like I guess Can I, I just live have off to of turn around because I'm hungry now. I need food. So what, what you had protein yet? Pecans? Where, <laughs> where were you where there were tobacco? Yeah. I lived, Where'd you I grow up? North, North Carolina. I live in I lived uh. in uh, Ellerby, North Carolina. So uh I was just walking, walking, walking. And then uh when I got back, my mom and dad were just sitting there like, oh <laughs> just sitting there like, oh, go fix your sandwich. <laughs> like, bro, they like sitting on the porch just waiting for you. They were just sitting on the couch watching. I think I think the exact show they were watching was uh it was like a HBO boxing show because I remember Mike Tyson was on the TV when when I got back. I'm like, bro, this is this is not life, but whatever. All right, well, since Eric uh, got scared and ran off, let's talk about you and editing. Then, um, what made you focus just on editing primarily at this point? I mean, I kind of fell into that a, a lot of the same way I fell into Essence House and fell into a lot of the stuff I did. I'm I'm actually a really lucky guy. Um, when I first started in comics back in like 2000, I, I started working in 2015. Um, a local guy was making comics local for me. And um, I, I came in, I, I offered to help write. And so I was offering to, to write and whatnot. And we were working, we did a Kickstarter and it failed huge, just failed brutally. And I realized at that point, oh, no one's going to buy my stuff if I don't have a name. Like, like I need to kind of develop some kind of name, uh, develop some kind of following that people can get behind. And so after that, that's been very much in my mind. I'm sure you see kind of the progress of what I've done and how I've done it. And so um, Rob Anderson, uh, a good buddy of mine, he uh, had a book that he was trying to get done. And he said, you know, he's, he's dyslexic. And I can't remember the other thing, but basically it, it's the one where, um, they, the words actually move around in sentences, not the letters within words. And so 
he uh, he really needs someone to come in and kind of uh, add function and form to to his writing and whatnot. Um, he's a great writer, a solid writer, but you know he needs an editor. And so he put a call out for uh, basically for an editor and basically said, "Look, I'm looking for someone who's never." Uh, who's willing to work for exposure, never done any of this before. And of course you hear the same thing from everybody. Exposure doesn't work. It works for me guys. Um, you know, it only works to a point and it worked to get me in. And um, I jumped on it right away. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Um, I got to go in. I got to prove his stuff. I got to learn all of, uh, about it. And I became so excited uh, by editing. And then he offered me more work. And of course, at that point, it became paid. And then I started telling people, hey, I'm Chuck, I'm an editor. And that started becoming big. And I really started to get excited about becoming an editor. And in fact, realized, I don't know any other editors. Like at that point, there was no one else out there who was even, no one spoke about editors. Well, on the indie circuit, we should say. Yes, yeah, sorry, on the indie circuit. And so I really started waving the flag for editors and really tried to go, Hey man, like this is something that's really important. Started doing my research, started learning all about it. And I think it excited me because I like being useful. I like being helpful. Like it's just something that I enjoy doing. I, I, I really get a good feeling out of. We should and try so... to use that with Essence House sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have two chapters of mine done, ready to air. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. What am I going to do? Go do sounds. I'm, I'm going to start knocking on wood and recording it for you. Um, so yeah, man, uh, just, just, uh, I love being able to help other people and you know, it also funds my projects that money comes in and I'm able to put it in towards my own project. So that just became the, the perfect uh, way to, to kind of break in. And so I've done, I don't even know how many projects uh, less than a hundred, but more than 50. So, mm. uh, and that's just in the last, you know, three or four years, just working my butt off and trying to get as much. And I probably have almost as much stuff out as has never made it out you know a lot of stuff you edit you work on and then just kind of gets lost to the ages i remember one of the first projects i worked on um i I did in 2017 and it just came out last year so Hmm. you just never know man do you edit your own stuff at this point or do you send off somebody else never man i i i respect the idea of editing enough that i get other people to always work on my stuff i feel like that would be such a a hypocritical thing i might you know what um the only thing i would say that i maybe don't really get editors as much i I usually get beta readers is like shorts so if i'm doing a like a four-page short i'll show it off to a couple friends and and a couple people whose opinions i respect and just go what do you think about this how's this and and just kind of feel that out and whatnot. But yeah, for the most part, I, I try to use editors too, because I think it would be really disingenuous of me to to shout into the wilds and say, get an editor and then not use one. Oh. Oh, Eric's back, by the way, just so everybody knows. Eric came back from his uh, call. Sorry about that, guys. Okay. That's some important stuff going on, so. Is it about Dulce? No. When is Dulce coming out? Like another one. I'm sorry, the my speaker is cutting out. Oh, when's your next issue of Dulce coming out? <laughs> I heard you. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Love that. 
Um, Dulce, like the second issue of Dulce really struggled to get out there. Like the first Kickstarter failed. Second Kickstarter only um, succeeded because I took a big hit on it. Um, ended up funding a bunch of it myself. Um, and I, it's really the first, the first arc is planned as a three issue arc. And so it's a, it's a loose arc, like each issue stands on its own, but um, we really do intend to do a third one. I think last year I work on that one with Gene Hoyle and myself and well, obviously I work on it with myself, um, but we um, just last year just was right after the, th- the second one came out was just shot for the entire world <laughs> so and um so that set me back a bit um and then essence house has come up since then and taken so much time i think right now my focus is just getting blister completed i'm like i'm adapting the entire novel to comic um rather than doing it ch- a chapter at a time doing it as issues so i'm doing like a it'll be like about a 200 page um trade and so i'm working through that right now and i want to get that off my plate and then finishing up Dulce will be one of my uh, things right after that. Somebody, I, have, I have a lot of love for that project. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good project, man. I, I, I love being on that book. It was such a good book. And it's funny. If um, I, I thought about it and I was like, if Essence House had failed, he probably would have moved on and worked on on uh, on Dulce. But the other thing is, is that somebody asked you recently, they were like, hey, man, uh, do you think you could possibly come on and do, and I, I don't remember what it was, but do some little thing for me or whatever. And you were like, look, man, right now, if it's not Essence House or Blister, it, the answer is no. Like, I'm not doing yeah, anything. I have cleared my plate. I'm not yeah. taking jobs from anybody. Um, I mean, obviously, that's within reason. If somebody came to me with something, I have one client that I will jump for because it's good money. But um, Is that me? Is that me? Right. Awkward. <laughs> hey, you did something for me during like a couple months ago. So, hey, I was just <laughs> And it was an honor to do that. That was so fun. What'd you do? He did the um, the image for the badges for the Saw issue three Kickstarter. Oh, cool. I did not know yeah. that. Or I didn't remember. Uh, yeah. Saw's um, lightning force patch. Yes. And I just got an email today with the last three pages of coloring for that. So I'm stoked that this oh. is... Awesome. Getting done, really? Looking forward to that. Yeah. I can't believe it. Considering, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Never mind. We know. We know. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much put a lock on my, my workload and I'm just focusing on these two things right now. I think that's important. I think, um, like for me, I have to focus on, we got three projects that we really, you know, Ace Blade, King Supreme, Lumberjacks, right? I write Ace Blade and I letter, I letter all our books, but having a full-time job and having four kids, you really have to, you know, learn how to say no to some stuff. Cause I get a lot of requests from people to, you know, to, to do videos and to do, you know, lettering and stuff like that. And really in order to get my stuff out, I just have to, I have to say no sometimes, you know, if it's going to take up in a, in a, a lot of time, I, you just can't do it sometimes. And I think as I've, I got, I've, as I've gotten older, I just learned, you know, it's okay to say no, because I'd rather, I'd rather tell you no and disappoint you that way. And then, um, then say yes, and then do bad work or take too long to get it done for you and disappoint you that way. So I, I, I feel you on that. 
Like you look like you had something to say. No, I was agreeing. I, no, Seth yeah. was waving his hand oh, or something. I, oh no, I don't know what I was. Oh, I don't know what I was doing, but yeah, no, I agree. It's a weird, it's a weird twitch he has. He's playing poker online right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, he probably is. <laughs> Come on, guys. You're, you're, you're taking money out of my bankroll here. All right. He probably just won like Action Comics number one. And <laughs> <laughs> it's He's only like, a four point oh, but whatever. Yeah, right. You know what? I had I actually had a quick take that I was going to ask you, and Danny, you can answer if you want to. Also, um, I'm not going to do the 45 second timer thing because I forgot where to pull it up yet. So, if you had to choose between either living in Gotham or living as a mutant in Marvel, which would you choose? And yeah, it's Danny. I stole this from your TikTok. It's, it's it it has to be uh, mutant in in Marvel. Leaning that way, I don't know. There's yeah. no benefit to living in Gotham. There's no reason anyone should ever choose to live in Gotham. Yeah, ever. there's not a positive it, side. No, like what do you, what do you get out of it? Like it's it's a dangerous, crazy ass place, and everybody like I mean, all those villains are mentally deranged, like literally mentally deranged. They all have have like some sort of of issue i mean the main place they bring them all to is the asylum they're not putting them in a jail they're putting them in an asylum because also these the, people are the rich nuts. people there are dumbest like who, <laughs> like how can you not figure out that is batman who batman is at this point well no but even even like before he was batman like who takes a stroll down crime alley like what is even, even all that, they came right. in, the their art Prime decor Alley. hasn't gotten past the 50s. It was like, crime. Nothing Alley, is updated that, past the 50s. Isn't that like, like, would, let's just, you're a rich guy, your wife's walking with these crazy pearls, and you know, let's go take a shortcut down Crime Alley real quick. Dude, yeah. even poor circus folk, you know, Dick Grayson's they're, family. They weren't even from there. On a tightrope accident. They weren't even they from Gotham. They just, right, right. They just don't even visit Gotham. <laughs> yeah. Don't even visit Gotham. Yeah, no, it's it's a that's a no brainer. I'm afraid. <laughs> All right, absolutely, absolutely. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think that's it for today. This has been an amazing time. Um, is there anything you guys want to talk about before we sign off, though? Um, you know what? We would love if you guys went and uh, and and listened to essence house checked it out you can find it anywhere on any of the uh major podcast sites we would love that we appreciate that both of you guys have listened it, it means an awful lot to us um every uh, so it comes out every other wednesday and then the wednesday in between we do a live show on the essence house facebook page and we love to talk about it and we would love to invite all of you out there who have listened whether you're you're brand new or you're just getting in now we would invite you guys to come check it out and uh, feel free to bring your questions. And the other thing is like, like Danny was saying, Oh man, there, there's, there's three seasons. Like there's so much to do. Like if you guys don't have the time to go back and, and listen to it all um, because they're separate books, season three is the start of a new book. So you don't necessarily have to have listened to seasons one and two to get season three, season three actually technically is kind of a prequel. It, it starts beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's time travel, so it all kind of things intermingle and are all over the place. Um, seasons one and two will only give you more information and make uh, seasons three and four bigger and better than they are on them, their own. 
but you you certainly don't have to listen to that. So if you're not ready for the the big binge session, start on season three. You're not. It's not going to give anything away from the original book, and you're also going to uh, to enjoy a really cool story. Also, um, as a side note, uh, it started out as Essence House, and then we realized we needed to rebrand to have something un- encompass the whole story since there's going to be more than just the essence house book so um it's been rebranded as the chronicles of the essence guard um and so you can find it at theessenceguard.com also essencehousestory.com is still the website um and if you search for any of it um essence guard essence house children of the essence any of those will pull up a billion different podcast sites so actually i do have a question though for our our two lovely gentlemen here why is it every time I look up Essence, I find a bunch of black people stuff? What is it about that word? Because like I'm I'm trying to look up my own shit and God, there's there's so much and I'm like, oh, okay, what's what did are we like co-opting something that's black? Like are we are we in okay. a bad space? There like, is an no. Essence magazine that was created by black people for black people. So okay. it could possibly be that. Because I that's probably because well, no, but even like I, I think I found like an Essence boutique, which was like okay. a a um, a um, it was it was a beauty salon for African American ladies and whatnot. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm like, I'm like, are we using a word we're not allowed to use? Like, no, yeah, it's no, like the N word. Your demographics have like no black people, but me. Got super awkward. <laughs> right? I was just worried. It was like that's our thing. Oh, I'm I'm really sorry, man. I... No, no. You are uh, right though. That that the is magazine. the case on Google. <laughs> there's a there's a huge magazine called Essence, like you said, and then you know the Essence Festival um, that they do every year is a is a large you know black festival. Um, but those two things are probably why. You're, we why should you're, get a booth there, Chuck. Yeah. Right? See, <laughs> if you yeah, Google welcomed, Essence... I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you can stand yeah, absolutely. out. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it'd be easy to stand out. If you Google Essence, we'll never come up. But if you Google Essence and white people, we're the first thing to come up. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all like, like just, just do that, guys, and we'll be fine. <laughs> uh, we're going to name this episode The White, but The White Essence Guys. The white... <laughs> 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 I love it. I love that man. I never even thought of that either. That's uh, but as soon as you as soon as you said I Google Essence, it makes yeah. perfect sense, man. Um, okay, so Chuck, I'm gonna call you out because I did just Google Essence white guy, and the first thing that pops up is Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> What's up oh, with? It's a funny story because he took. I think what happened was Essence Festival. Like I said, Michael uh, Michael B. Jordan took a white girl to Essence Fest, and it became like this big whole this big whole thing, you know, that he was dating his wife. I think he might have been this, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, That's but, yeah, awesome. It's, uh, it's amazing how, how uh, Google Analytics work like that. <laughs> oh, that was, that was lovely. That was great, dude. All right, any other one questions question. in for us? One last question before you go. Um, oh. did, did anybody, because part of the, that first season that I love was that you brought up the Who Shot Mr. Burns, right? Oh. Did anybody, uh, did anybody give you any feedback on that? Like, I was looking forward to seeing if they changed anything or, or you know, anything like that in that uh, in that first season. So, uh, but I thought it was really cool that you put that in there because it's something that people would absolutely remember from the '90s. 
So, uh, what kind of feedback did you get 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 about that? I'm super proud of that moment. And you haven't listened to the end of um, season uh, season one yet? No, no, no. I'm on like episode eight. I think. Okay. So the end of season one does mention it again. It comes yeah, up payoff. again. So it, there is there is a nice little yeah there's a nice little payoff to it. But um, the yeah, Kyron, I, I really like that picture you got going on there, buddy. Um, but um, he's trying to troll me over there. I'm loving it. But yeah, no, um, didn't get an awful. I've had a couple people just be like, "Dude, Simpsons, nice, well played," you mm-hmm. know. So not not an awful lot. So I really appreciate you mentioning that because yeah. that was really cool. But yeah, um, yeah cool. no. I haven't it's funny we haven't gotten as much feedback as we have like listens and 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 we're often told like oh we really like it we're gonna keep mm-hmm. listening but n- nothing nothing usually specific so uh to hear that was huge. i can tell danny's funny... really detail oriented yeah <laughs> right oh absolutely no i like that about you and the funny thing is is that again that was something where i was doing a deep dive into the simpsons at the time and mm-hmm. i had just passed that episode and I realized, oh, we're in 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't this happen? And so I realized, like that, and and I remember obviously we've lived through it. Uh, that was such a huge moment. It was all anyone was talking about it in school and whatnot. Was who shot Mr. Burns and who do you think it is? And we were taking bets. And I even I, I looked back and I realized, oh, like um, Las Vegas was taking bets on it. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a big mm-hmm. thing. So um, yeah, man. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for mentioning that. But yeah, that was uh, that was huge. And the payoff for me is that you brought it up. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love stuff like that. So, but anyway, I just wanted to mention that before we went. And I'm definitely going to finish the season probably uh, this weekend while I'm out out uh, cutting the grass and stuff. So cool, yeah, that's cool. a great place for podcasts. Well, th- then I would love to hear uh, how you feel that that whole Maggie Sim- uh, the the whole Simpsons thing paid off. I, I will. I'm really I'll, interested uh, to hear what you think. I'll message y'all. I will for real. Thank you, awesome. homie. Well, where can we find your work? I know you mentioned uh, we can find your Essence House. What about the rest of your work? Where can we find that at? Um, so I got um, I got to think for a second. So I'll let Chuck go. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, you can track me down um, on Facebook, Chuck P I N E A U. My uh, most of my works is through my publishing company, Bonfire Press. Um, so like if I was Eric, I would talk about Airbo, Studio Airbo, yeah. just as a reminder. Um, uh, but you can, you, you can forget about your down. own stuff there. <laughs> right? You can track me down there. <laughs> you can track Sorry, me Chuck. down on, on Twitter at Chucky Pin. You can track da- me down Chuck Pino on uh, Instagram. And you know what? I also have uh, a great YouTube channel called Chuck's Raw Reviews where I review comic books. But I also have my own weekly talk show where I sit down with, with guests much the way you guys have. Uh, but um, rather than kind of go into their stuff, I more like to talk about processes, how people create all that kind of stuff. I really wanted it to be a, a learning force for everybody. So we do a live show every Tuesdays on my YouTube channel and on my Facebook channel. So uh, love to see you guys there. If you show up, if you're interested in, in creating and learning, uh, I, I hope that's a good space for you. Okay. So um, you can find me at studioherbo.com. That's E-R-B-O. Um, and blisterpunk.com is where I post my blister stuff. Um, and then 
the one I'm always ready to push is the Essence House one. So we got the the EssenceHouseStory.com and the EssenceGuard.com. Um, but we already pushed those. So. Push them again. It's fine. <laughs> All right, Danny, what about you? Where can we find you at? Um, the Ace Blade everywhere on all social media um, and TikTok. I don't, I don't even consider TikTok social media anymore. It's, it's growing into something really weird right now. But uh, yeah, if you guys don't know, Danny's like super famous on TikTok. He has like a hundred million followers, something like that. That's not even close to true. Okay, what do you have like sixty thousand though? It's like sixty thousand, but oh, they all, the yeah. only thing they want to do is watch me buy groceries. That's the only thing they care about. Is me <laughs> cool, to buy groceries. no? Wait, okay, he had this cool feature where he would go to the grocery store. And he had like a certain amount of money in his pocket, and he's like, you know, can I buy what I need with this amount? And it was a cool feature that he did. And, for some reason, he decided he didn't want to do it no more. He got typecasted and he got mad. Uh-huh. It happens. <laughs> but that's where you can find me. VA's played everywhere. What about you, Kyron? Uh, you can find me at TaurusComics.com. That's my website. Um, you can go to at TaurusComics on God, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I am on, I'm on TikTok also. Uh, I don't remember my name right now. Because it's TikTok and I don't really care about it, but it's Kyron something. I'm pretty sure. Might be Kyron49. More likely it's probably that if it's not Taurus Comics. You would care if you had 60,000 followers. I would, actually. (laughs) I really would. (laughs) I really would. But no, this was fun, you guys. Uh, Thank you for being on this. And uh, it was great having you guys. And we want to thank everybody out there who listens to this podcast. Uh, we've been getting a ton of support recently. Um, we got a couple reviews on iTunes already. So thank you for those glowing reviews. If you haven't already, please go on to iTunes or Spotify or wherever uh, media platform you're using. And please rate because those ratings do help. As my friend says, uh, through the magic of algorithms, your rates and reviews help our podcasts be shout out to more people so the more times you like share and definitely give as many good reviews as possible the more people will actually find this on their stream so thank you for that and you know what i hope everybody has a great day sayonara goodbye and take care of yourself thanks guys see ya Music provided by my brother, Quicks Made It. Find him online in YouTube, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Are you interested in getting an episode of Fortales podcast before everybody else? While getting a video behind the scenes of what happens with each of our interviews? Well, now you can. By supporting us through Patreon, you can actually get every episode of the Fortales podcast one day earlier. You can also get video of what happens at each of our sessions for only a couple dollars more. So if you want to help support and make this podcast even better, go to patreon.com slash Podcast today and choose your tier.